It's time for Yusuf on Security. I'm your host, Ibrahim Yusuf. Welcome back once again. A TV station reached out to me and thought it would be a good to provide them with a cybersecurity overview. So I accepted and I decided to record that and provide you as an episode. But before we get into that, we'll have a look at some security news. It's all coming up next on Usable Security. This is Usable Security, episode 23, recorded Saturday, 10th of July, 2021. Interview with CBA TV. Let's start with the Kaseya supply chain attack. Um, which affected hundreds of organizations. Um, on Friday, July 2nd, um, that's last week, um, the ransomware operator exploited a vulnerability in the Kaseya update mechanism um, to push uh, their ransomware, which was a real ransomware, out to those um, IT services company customers. Um, so Kaseya developed software, as we said, uh, for managed service providers, MSPs, as referred to. Um, and this means the attacker's reach could extend to hundreds um, if not thousands of organizations, really. So um, it's just really um, poisoning the, the, the water hole. Um, so the co-op um, supermarket in Sweden is the high profile that we know of now that has closed hundreds of shops for two days because of its um, point-of-sale systems were affected. And the attackers appear to be demanding a ransom of, unfortunately, 70 million um, US dollars. And Kaseya says it may begin restoring the site's operation um, on Tuesday afternoon, and that's July 2nd. Um, so that really um, is an ongoing and still developing um, issue um, to do with, unfortunately, Kaseya. Um, and, you know, no doubt these cyber criminals are becoming, um, you know, um, galvanized. Um, and and, I, and we really think, um, um, you know, when they will begin to not only attack and, and ransom at large comp- um, corporations, um, but essentially ransoming maybe a whole um, nation, um, especially countries that do not have the resources to retaliate. Um, and that's really a... a, a you know, something to um, um, to avoid at all cost. Um, but these cyber criminals um, are not going to stop um, anytime soon unless we really get together and come out with a plan that slows them down, but also deter um, this um, the money-making machine that they built um, that is effectively giving them the upper hand in 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 in, in terms of um, resource um, creation. We go back to the print, um, print nightmare, um, which affects all versions of Windows, um, and that was um, accidentally disclosed, um, um, you know, last week when the researchers published their proof of concept code. Um, they reportedly thought Microsoft has already issued a fix, and Microsoft has acknowledged that um, quote the code that contains a vulnerability is in all versions of Windows, and it's working on a patch. Um, but you know, really, the the horse has bolted out, um, unfortunately. Until the fix is available, Microsoft is recommending that users disable the Windows Print Spooler service or disable inbound remote 
printing um, altogether. Now, um, you can disable the print service with a GPO, allowing it only on defined printer servers, and that will minimize risk of um, re-enabled um, and of the, of the spooler. Um, it's recommended not to use a domain controller as a printer service, obviously, because that is not a workstation, to be quite honest. That should be the workhorse of the organization. And the print spooler service is enabled by default as well. So, um, so turn off that um, spooler if it's not actually needed. Um, absolutely, there are a number of other methods um, like um, proposed, like limiting permissions on the directory used to store print drivers. Um, but it's unclear. Um, it's not clear if they fully protect the system. So, for machines that are high value, such as domain controllers, turning it off uh, should be really the best approach. Um, and exploitation does require valid user credentials, and this will likely be the lateral movement and privileged escalation techniques of of of, of the chosen um, methods by the cyber crook. So, the best thing to do is turn off um, that spooler where wherever it's not absolutely necessary. And finally, the CISA, um, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency um, of the US, has released the Ransomware Readiness Assessment Tool, and I want to brought that to your attention. Um, now, the tool help organization evaluate their cybersecurity posture with regard to ransomware. And, and of course, this tool is a new module in um, CISA cybersecurity evaluation tools, um, and it can be used by IT network and industrial control system um, um, managers as well. So it's really a good um, um, tool to, to be looked at and it's a very good start for organization to determine how prepared they are against ransomware attack given that ransomware is has taken really a nasty turn lately so um, it's another freely available um, resources um, 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 for you um, and in, in addition as well um, you should keep up any resources that you can find such as the Europol resources um, etc and others that I will include into the um, show notes so I thought that would be really something that you need to um, to be aware of hello Yusuf how are you it's nice to have you on the show today. Um, can we can we meet you? Yeah, thank you very much. Um, and um, it's good that you're having me today. Um, so my name is Ibrahim Yusuf, and I'm a cybersecurity expert um, working as a, um, a technical solution architect um, and really just helping organizations deal with the dilute of what is happening today in, in technology. Um, I think as Jara said, Technology is needed and is here to say, and it's, this is what is making our lives better. But without security, really, we're sort of um, not knowing where we're going. So um, I try to actually help organizations that way. All right, it's, it's really a, a, a pleasure to have you on the show uh, this moment. Now, in my own layman understanding, I was able to give a, a just brief uh, meaning of cybersecurity. Now, professionally, what exactly is cybersecurity? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I think if we just, um, if we can just dismiss, um, dismystify um, the word cyber, it's this parallel world um, to the physical world. Um, and I think, um, I mean, if you, if you put in parallel the physical world that we live in day in, day out, 
um, and the virtual world that we've been living for quite some time that um, I say we cannot live without today, um, mm. you know, underpinned by technology. That is essentially that parallel world that we all living in. And, and thanks to technology and cyber, this is what helped us really cope with the pandemic that we're just actually still going through. Mm. So cyber is that parallel world that is not physical, but there is some, some way an overlap between the two. So much so the younger population almost, you know, sort of confuse what is cyber and what is actually physical world because the two, you don't really know where one starts today and where one ends. Um, so that's essentially what cyber is. And cyber security is essentially um, laying a foundation of security, be it delayed, um, to be quite frank, to the cyber world that we're actually living in today, the same way that we had physical security in the physical sense of life um, because without it um, you can imagine without security in physical life it just doesn't make sense right so the same way it should make sense to have a security in the virtual world because to be quite honest this is where all our lives are we all have a sort of a device in our pocket um, that we cannot live without it that's essentially we hold in it for arms um, but to be quite honest what's going on it's not physical it's virtual it's, it's a cyber communication it's a cyber transfer it's a cyber tool it's a chat it's our communication being essentially being um, saved in that small device so the two somewhat started to overlap especially for those of us who grow up without the cyber world we kind of make sense the differences but ask a nine ten year old um, they, they're almost getting confused what is actually one and the other so that's essentially, in a, in a nutshell, what cyber is and cybersecurity is. But we'll, we'll, we'll dive into it, no doubt. How do you think, think cybersecurity is important in our day-to-day -day digital routing? I mean, why do we need it? Yeah, so, um, so cybersecurity is, is, is like a large number of domains yes. to cover. And I think um, yes. you, you, you really... Direction. Exactly. Um, physical security is part of basically security, and, and that's cybersecurity included. I mean, we're communicating through devices here over the internet, um, be it in different locations. Um, but what is actually driving this communication, this video, this this voice? Um, mm. These are servers. These are physical machines. These are data centers. They are somewhere, right? So, and and that somewhere is a location that is physically existing in this in in the world. And if you mm. go to that data center you have to physically go somewhere right mm -hmm. you can't just go through the door there's got to be a challenge um that you cannot go to the data center because there's going to be a physical security you've got to have a key you've got to have mm -hmm. a, um, a, a check-in you have to sign something you have to show mm -hmm. that you have been invited so physical security essentially is what wrapped around what is driving technology so the two are actually sort of complementary with each other. So when we were studying um, back in the days of security, you got to understand physical security because security is, 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 is two essentially. One is preventative. So if you have a, a bank, for example, there's a camera, right? So, so that is a physically there and you can see it when you walk into the bank. There's a red button which says, hey, you have been recorded. There's a label which says this environment or this location is CC monitored closing certain television that's a physical sign to say don't mess around with this location it is monitored but can it actually stop you now this is where the difference starts that camera will it stop you if you want to do something no it's a deterrent it's not actually preventative right so you mm. can see that the two now are getting closer to it let's take one step further into that 
let's go you want to do something and ignore the camera now can you go through the door there might be you know one big guy to say i'm sorry you're not invited you're not coming in and pass mm. you off that's a physical security but it's linked to protect the cyber security what's going on inside the building inside the bank so physical security has to be part of cyber security otherwise it's just going to be a walking day in in the park so to speak right? <laughs> physical security is a domain you know there's there's a large number of domains in the cyber security world called um the uh, um, common body of of knowledge and if you look mm -hmm. at those you know, cyber security certifications such as the isc square you have to cover eight domains all dedicated just for um for cyber security one of them is physical security you've got to have a wall around mm -hmm. your data center of some certain height right of something mm -hmm. thickness you've got to have a light um, between different sections of your physical environment so that mm -hmm. when it's dark you can see it you have to have a camera with an infrared that can see physically through the dark at night and so on and so forth. so you can see cyber security is not just virtual it calls upon the physical security because you cannot take away you know the human being which are physical we're not cyber we're not robot we don't actually uh, running software we are human being you can touch we apply them and we're driving all of this so essentially um physical security helps and it's part of cyber security and vice versa as well okay now when we talk about cyber security one thing that is identifiable here is threat either threat from within or threat from outside now what does threat response when we say threat response what does it mean yeah very good so cyber we understand what it is and, and response is, is, is basically what response is is, is is the is the you know vocabulary you responding to something that is actually encroaching on your um, data on your machine on your possession so you have to respond to it but now it's a large domain itself you've got to have the mechanism to prevent um what might be actually getting onto your machines onto your company environment you know whether you have a website or database or maybe you have a um, physical location where you are preventing people to come in by using technology and but you have to have something that can actually prevent first um and even before what you cannot prevent at least detect and warn you and those are those are the uh, those are the technology and and essentially what it allows you is to respond so the, the technology is helping you to respond to what might be causing trouble now or later so that's a cyber threat response so you're looking at the cyber there is a threat and you have to use that technology to respond you know it will be automatic of course there's no point of waiting human being to press buttons it has to be orchestrated and automated to prevent what is the threat so in the case of let's say a organization they have to have what is called a firewall they have to have anti-malware and antivirus on their desktop and laptop and servers so that if something gets into the machine or tries to get into the machine there is an automatic prevention detection and response to remediate and if i take the example maybe something most of us will understand we all have you know smartphones and laptops and desktops companies use um, servers and if there is something or you know, malware gets into, into those machines you know the technology that we put in place which is an endpoint protection for example an antivirus or anti-malware um, mm -hmm. if you want to call it that should be able to intercept what is getting into the machine before it causes damage. So in a nutshell, that is really just responding to that cyber threat in an automated and um, preventative way before damage is actually done. You can extrapolate 
this into much bigger, right? To a large enterprise where there are thousands of users, thousands of machines that are now governed and um, um, created in such a way that they are helping themselves so that the, let's say, the security analyst responsible for those environments is able to now automatically prevent issues pertaining to external threat and automatically prevent anything that to do with you know malware or trojans or worm or whatever you want to call it to cause damage to the to that large organization and you can extrapolate further out to a nation level and and, and make sure um, certain technology and preventative measures are put at this at the at the nation level and so on and so forth so really starting from small it is almost the same stepping stone when you extrapolate to a large environment as well so that is the cyber threat response oh, okay okay uh, yusuf You've, made, you've, you've told us, you've explained to us, you've been able to demystify what cybersecurity means and you've made us to uh, realize that threat is one thing that we need to go out for. Now, responding, just like you've rightly explained, responding to threat, I mean, how, how is it applicable? I mean, me, as an individual, how do you think it's very important to me or a, a small-scale business, medium-scale uh, scale business, or a very huge business like large organizations. Why do you think responding to threats is important? Yeah, that's that's actually really um, we can we can make a whole show out of out of exactly that that topic, which is really very very important. And, and thanks for asking that question. Um, for really enterprise and large organizations, um, it's, it's basically called, you know, it's called the bottom line, right? Because what you're talking about is if you lose this data, there is no continuity of your business, right? <laughs> Dead end. Period. And that's what you want, period, right? So, I mean, we, we hear in so many ransomware, we will talk about what ransomware is, but we hear a lot of um, issues pertaining to um, data loss and breach and exposure and ransom. Um, so when you actually have data bank that is critical to you, you need to ask yourself, you know, how long can I actually take to recover from um, this data? If, if this data is actually taken from me, how long does it take for my business to recover? So if I come to you um, and I take whatever that data location is, whether it's in a big file or whether it's in a big data center or, or, or maybe just one machine, it doesn't matter. If I walk away from that machine and I tell you today, Ajaran, from mm. 9 a.m., until 9 p.m., you cannot use this data. Just keep it. You have no authority to access. What can you do? Now, you need to take that step. What it's called, essentially, what we run through organization is what is called a tabletop exercise. So that's one of the questions we normally ask. If I take away from your data, not damaging it, not taking hostage, just taking away from you, and I tell you, don't touch it. How long does it take you for you to, to recover? Do you have a backup, right? Uh, do, you have, do, you, do you have a different way of working? You know, pen and paper, right? Um, this is the question that you need to ask yourself. So if the question, to, if the answer to that question is, I don't know, whether well, you better go back and get an answer for me, <laughs> essentially. Mm -hmm. So basically, you have to have an alternative. It's called business continuity planning. So you have to have always, your business has to continue regardless of the threat. Of course, you will not spend billions for a business doesn't generate billions, right? Mm -hmm. It's called mitigation in, in the domain of, of cybersecurity. You need to bring the threat that is facing you, cyber threat, to a risk level that you are comfortable with, right? If, you are, if I have a small shop on the, on the corner of the street um, and I'm just, you know, selling normal chips and, 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 and soft drinks, mm -hmm. it, it makes sense for me to spend 100,000 
um, dollars worth of cameras and, and CCTVs and put you know bodyguards, physical people in front of the shop. I don't generate the amount of money. But if I am running an airport, if I am running a government, if I am running a television, if I am running a bank, it demands a different level of budget and a different level of business continuity planning. And that is called mitigation. You need to bring the risk of the mitigation um, of, of, of what is um, facing you to a level that is that meets the appetite of the business. So in the sense of that little shop, you know, we can calculate maybe a few few hundred dollars just to protect it with a with a little CCTV and, and, and things. But for a bank, for a, for, a, for a government, for a uh, um, um, airport, that's going to that's going to be a huge amount of budget and planning. Yeah, and, most definitely. And, Absolutely. Most definitely. <laughs> so that is all mitigation. You cannot you cannot bring the risk and the cyber threat to a zero level. There is nothing called 100% security. When you wake up of your bed and you put your feet on the floor, you don't know what is going to happen to you. You can't just guarantee that you would actually be absolutely risk-free. But nevertheless, you won the head and you came to the office, right? Um, you, you you dealt as much as possible with the traffic and the car that you were driving and not chump the traffic light or, or, or chump the um, um, front of people. But you actually calculated your risk to a point where you are it's, it's acceptable to you. You're not taking too much risk. Cyber, cyber world is the same thing. We need to plan. We need to actually ask the right questions. And most importantly, we need to understand what will be the continuity of our business should we leave this part of the data or that part of the um, enterprise so that we can actually then say, yep, we have the right measure so that we don't lose the business. We're not here to just to protect. We hear a lot of customers, a lot of organizations are here to obviously, you know, meet the requirement of their clients, of their mm -hmm. shareholders, of their um, of their customers, and to provide services, etc. Cybersecurity is not their expertise. It might be ours, but we're helping them to say, listen, cybersecurity is not something that you can just you know put it under the carpet and actually forget about it. It might wipe all your business. Take mm -hmm. the take the example of the pandemic, right? So when we had when we had the uh, the coronavirus in in March April last year, a lot of businesses went out of business. Hmm. essentially because they could not work remotely because they did not have the devices because they did not plan even though they were large you know a lot of customers cut their budget to a level where they survive because you know the industry just basically has been brought to its knees that part of it is called business continuity planning as well it might not be cyber security but it's part of you survivability so that you can actually continue with your business when something unforeseen happens what i'm actually really saying is is essentially you cannot predict the future but you can be prepared for it so do something mm -hmm. tomorrow so that you can recover it the same way that we plan from a physical security put the people who know best bring people who can actually help you and can actually guide you so that you actually have a plan and continuity should the inevitable happen touch wood and that's what i would say essentially to really to 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 survive on from a you know, from what might be, you know, to that business, a catastrophe for them, for them to, 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 most of them are not, maybe it's just annoyance and slowness, but even then you're losing, you're losing business. And then, you know, you don't have to do it. You have, you can plan before things happen. Security is, is a little bit confusing. Can you please explain the difference between defensive security and defensive security? Um, most of the businesses normally play the role of defensive. So um, um, when um, threats are leveled against businesses, they should have um, tool set um, and to prevent that threat so that their business is not impacted. Um, so they have to plan 
early enough. So, you know, in the case of firewalls and endpoint protections and um, um, proxies, um, and those are normally the tools that we hear and that most of people are familiar with for those people who are technology aware. For those of you who are not technology aware, it's essentially really making sure that you have a physical delimitation between your business and the outside world so that no one can just walk in. The same way when we go home, you have to have a key and put a key on the door before you mm -hmm. actually get into the house. So you can't just walk in. So you've got to have a, a, a sort of a, um, a, a barrier that prevents anyone outside to come inside. So, so, so that's essentially what firewall is. For regard to the endpoint that I've mentioned, these are the protection tools and technology put on a laptop, on a server, um, on smartphones, for example, um, to prevent anything happening to the machine so that in case there is a attack in, in, the, in the malware sense, it prevents that attack to be mitigated, to be prevented. And, mm -hmm. and proxies are normally what is called um, internet access, and we, we we have those on 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 organizations so that people don't just go accidentally or deliberately places on the internet that they should not be. So those are the you know the three main pillars that organizations use. There's a lot of them. There is a variation of of those tools which are which are, which are different. We will get into those maybe on different sessions. But let's stay with the defensive and offensive. So when organizations are putting in place those three pillars, those examples I gave you, those are basically preventative. So those are defensive. You're defending yourself in the risk if something comes to you. So that's defensive. For large organizations who actually have something much more um, risk averse and much more lucrative and they know that they will be um, attacked and they know that they need to do something before they actually turn the attack to themselves so they employ people who go outside with a contract not anyone with a contract um, to actually carry out offensive attacks mimicking what the bad guys would have done to this company to with, with, the, with the help and seeing what are the weaknesses of the organization looking at it from the outside so they hold themselves in front of the mirror essentially and see what their weaknesses are so that's offensive of course they need to play that and prepare in the same way that you actually would have to exercise every day so that you actually mitigate the risk of diseases in your for your body right we, we exercise um we, we we do a lot of activities so that we stay healthy we don't wait until we get ill and then do it yes. the same yes. way organizations need to do some exercise and that's the really offensive exercise that they are doing they employ people maybe they train their own employees um mm -hmm. and, and advise and say listen guys we have this and that we need to now see if we can break ourselves into basically see if we can actually breach our own defenses and that's offensive activity now so it's from outside to inside so that's the difference between offensive Unoffensive, and I and I appreciate not every organizations actually would do or need a sort of an offensive activity. Those are normally large organizations or critical environment, such as maybe utilities, such as banks, such as healthcare and government agencies. Those are the ones that should really probe the defenses and see if this can actually stand with the onslaught of what is happening in real time before reality hits.